Well, are you ready for the word this morning? Yeah. yeah. Are you ready for the word? Well, friends, we're about to launch into our, our fourth week of our Pray With Purpose series. And as a way of starting out, I want to give you a test to see what you've learned over the last three, over the last three weeks. So um, week one, we started with this question, why pray? And I gave you five reasons why you should pray. Turn to the person next to you, and if you can get all five, I'll give you a high five. Go, turn to the person next to you. What were the five reasons? All righty, let's go through. See if you got all five on the screen. Number one, God commands it. Did you get that one? Two, it's powerful and effective. Three, the world needs God touch. We are in a spiritual battle. Five, we put God where he belongs. How many did you get? Out of five, how many did you get? Four, three, three, five. Five, nerds. Uh, five, five, five. Three, four, that's good. Two, three. How many calf get? You got five. Well done. All right. Week two. Week two, we talked about how to pray. How to pray. And I broke it up into an acronym of FAD. And every letter standard for something. Turn to the person next to you. What were they? All righty. Here we go. First one. Free and formed. Alone and assembled. Desperate and delighted. How many did you get? Out of three. You get halves. You can get halves. Whatever. Four. You got, you got six? Do you go six? You got six, Hannah. Well done. Anyone else get six? Over there? Well done, Jack. Okay, Jackie got none because you're out with the power. And then the third week was this. Why do I prioritize that thing over prayer? You don't have to fill in what the dot is because that dot's every, different for everyone. But the answer to this, why do I prioritize my comfort? Why do I prioritize television? Why do I prioritize what I think is important over prayer? What was the answer? Because of our... Flesh. We spoke about that last week. The flesh last week. And we spoke last week about the battle within us, the uh, civil war that's happening between the flesh and the spirit. And this morning I want us to think, um, talk about a, another area which our flesh um, may not like that much. And I want to speak to you about the, the uh, topic of fasting. Fasting. Now you might be thinking, why are we speaking about fasting in a prayer with purpose series? Because Fasting and prayer go hand in hand. Fasting does something amazing to your prayers. Fasting does something amazing to your intimacy with God, with your connection. Fasting can break strongholds. Fasting can bring you closer to God. Fasting can putting yourself in that place where you are laying down food for God's purpose to seek his will can bring a mighty change in your life. No wonder Jesus says, when you fast. So let's pray and let's dive in this morning. Father, we thank you that we can be here together. We thank you for the fun time we've had, the time of worship. Thank you that we're a church that laughs and worships and even cries together when it's, when it's tough. We thank you for the babies that have been born and, and for this Pray With Purpose series. Father, we pray that what happens today will bring honor and glory to your name. Lord, that you would speak through me. And that you will give us ears and hearts open to what you want to say to us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, growing up um, in, in church, I didn't hear lots about fasting. I heard that Jesus fasted when he did his 40 days in the wilderness and Satan came to tempt him. But other than that, I wasn't taught anything. Fasting was never encouraged. It was never spoken about why or how. I just simply knew that Jesus did it. And so it was about 10 years ago when I was reading through Matthew chapter 6 
And Jesus says, firstly, when you give, when you pray, and then he says, when you fast. And I went, hang on a second, when you fast. There's this expectation that Jesus wants us to fast. So I, I went on this journey of asking questions, of getting to understand this fasting, and then I started to fast. And, and my fasting looked like this. I would have breakfast in the morning, and then I'd have no food. I'd drink water. I'd have no food during the day, and then I would have dinner at night. That was my fast. And you might think to yourself, well, that's a bit wussy. That's a bit of a wussy just meeting one meal. But, but even, even though it might be a wussy fast, the results were huge. I felt so much closer to God in that season. It was like when I, I, I had this longing to pray, longing to be in his word. I felt just really close, really close to him. In, in, in preparation for this message, you know, I've, I've never preached on fasting. In 10, minutes, 10 years of being the pastor here, sorry about that church. I haven't done it. I should have. We're doing it today. Um, and so I thought, I, I think I need to find out a few more things. So I read some books on fasting and I, I thought to myself, I better do a real fast, a fair income fast. And so I decided to do a 24-hour fast, just water, no food. And that 24 hours became 36 hours. And let me tell you, that 36 hours was really, really, really tough. I had the shakes. I had a headache. I couldn't concentrate. It was just, my body was like, OD, what are you doing to yourself? And by the 37th hour, I'm like, I'm having breakfast now and I'm into it. And did food taste so very, 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 very good. But, 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 but even, in the, in, even in that, those 36 hours, I mean, there were some incredible things that happened. I was um, about 24 hours into the fast. Michelle said, can you please get a Woolworths? Now, what sort of wife? What sort of, what sort of wife would ask me to do that? But, but, but as I was walking to the shops, I found myself just praying in, praying in tongues, just praying in the spirit. It wasn't intentional. It just came out. Now, that's not normal for me to be praying in tongues as I walked down the street. But as I was fasting, it just became a natural thing. And when you pray in tongues, the Bible says that you are edified, that you are built up in your faith. Another thing that happened, I wrote them down so I wouldn't forget, is that I, I, I prayed. And when you fast, you just don't miss out on food. You fast for a reason. I said, God, I pray that you will pay off our debt. Now, I've got a big debt, but it has to be a miracle. And then Michelle comes home and she says, Nathan, I've just been offered four weeks full-time work. Now, that doesn't pay off our debt, but it made a step in the right direction. Yeah? During that fast, television didn't interest me, nor did clicking on 9MSN to see what was going on in the world. I had a desire to sit and to pray, to connect, and to, to be with God. And, and the last thing I want to share with you is that in the very last hour of the fast, Mark Shum, is he left yet? He's still here? Shumi? Okay, you have to go. He has another meeting to go to. Mark Shum sent me an email from, um, from a guy that he knows who gave me a prophetic word. It was a six-minute audio message, and the, and the message came through. said, I've had the, the, uh, the uh, guy who had the prophetic word said, I've been sitting on this for three months, and the Lord has now said to release it on my last hour of the fast. Amazing. So I listened to it, encouraging, and the word was, Nathan, God wants you to dream bigger. Wow. Okay. That may not be so encouraging for everyone here, but... <laughs> God wants us to dream. God wants me to dream bigger. And there was other things I was fasting for. I was fasting for Joel. I was fasting for our marriage and our kids. And, and, and I saw some little breakthroughs in that season, but I, have no, I haven't seen the fullness of what God is going to do because of that fast and, ded- and that, 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 that dedication and that crying out to him for those things. 
If I asked you to describe your experience of fasting, how would you describe it? Turn to the person next to you, 30 seconds. What's your experience of fasting? Alrighty. Alrighty, come back to me, please. In your, in your life groups this week, the, the, the kickstart question is, um, what's your experience of fasting? So in your life groups this week, you'll have the opportunity to talk more about that. But this morning, because I haven't spoken about it, I uh, want to do three things this morning. The first one is this. I want, to answer, I, I want to answer the question, what is biblical fasting? The second thing I want to do is give you seven reasons to fast. And the third thing is, then, is, is take action. Well, what do we do about it? Now, in, in answer to this first question, what is biblical fasting? I, I want you to talk to the person next to you again. And, and I want you to ask yourself, what's the difference between the 40-hour famine and biblical fasting? What's the difference? Go for it. What's the difference? Ask the person, talk to the person next to you. What's the difference? Here's the second one. What's between starving and biblical fasting? And thirdly, this one, dieting and biblical fasting. What's the difference? All righty, come back to me. Come back to me again. Come back to me again. Someone yell out, what's 40-hour famine about? What's the 40-hour famine about? Raising money, it's putting yourself in someone else's shoes. What's starving about? Not having food, that's a bad thing, isn't it? Starving is a bad thing. And dieting, what's that about? Losing weight, the flesh, losing weight. But fasting, here's the definition. Fasting is a restriction of food for a spiritual purpose. It is the purpose of drawing closer to God. It's for God to speak to you, that there would be a change in your circumstance that there would be a breakthrough in your life. You, you fast to position, you, to position yourself to hear from God. One of the books I read was a book by, this, by Jensen Franklin. who's a guru on fasting. Every year he starts with a 21-day fast. He started this 21-day fast movement in, for his church. Beginning of the year, I think it's a great idea. He says this, Fasting brings one into a deeper, more intimate, and more powerful relationship with God. Fastings bring one into a more into a deeper, more intimate, and more powerful relationship with God. When Jesus told, told a, um, a parable about the kingdom, a story about the kingdom, Jesus would say, the, the, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he'd go on to tell, tell the farming story. Well, let me give you what fasting is like. This is Nathan's version of the parable. Fasting is a bit like a man doing a romantic gesture toward a woman, and the woman's heart leans in towards the man. When we fast, we're like the man... And, and, and we honor God, and God leans in towards us. It's a bit like a bullfighter with a bull. The bullfighter waves his red, red, red rag around, and the bull takes notice. And when we fast, it gets God's attention. It's like a supercharger for a car. Does anyone have a supercharger in their car? Would anyone like a supercharger in their car? One person. It just takes the engine to be more powerful, and fasting takes your prayers more powerful to a whole new level. It's like a ladder for a short person. It can get you taller. And finally, it's like a springboard. It's like trying to jump into a pool and hitting a board and flying off. Fasting takes your, your prayers, your depth of God just to a whole new level. Let me tell you what fasting is not. Now, for people um, often say fast. I'm going to fast around. I'm not going to do Facebook. I'm not going to do television, or I'm not going to do something else not related to food. Well, 
it's, it's, it's good for you to give up Facebook and television and, and, and computer games and stuff if you want to spend more time with God, but that's not technically fasting. Biblical fasting is where we give up food for a spiritual purpose. There's a definition. Let's go into the second thing. Seven reasons to fast. If you've got pens and paper, particularly if you're a life group leader, you may want to take notes. We're going to give you context, which will help you in your life groups. Number one, seven reasons to fast. Number one, it's expected. I've said this already. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, when you give, then he says, when you pray, when you fast. It's expected that we as believers fast. Number one. Number two, you will be rewarded. Wow. You will be rewarded. Look at this scripture together in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus says, when you fast and when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, what are those rewards? Well, it doesn't tell us, but we can assume rewards in heaven. But I also reckon we we will get rewards around the things that we fast for. So if we're fasting for breakthrough, if we're fasting for God to speak, we can believe that God will meet us. That will be the reward of the fast, that God will give us the things that are in his will and the things that we desire. In this passage, he says, when you fast, um, I think Jesus here goes around motive. Are you doing it so that other people can look at you and say, wow, Con, he's a faster, therefore he must be a holy man, he must be a spirit man, Con, you're great. Or is it around acting like putting oil on your head, acting normally, and then God will see what is done in secret and will reward you? Now, let me say an aside to this. I don't think that there's anything wrong with telling people you're fasting. I, don't think, that, I think that's okay. Because when our Jesus talks about all these three things, it's all around the attitude and the reward and, and why you do something. If you, if you fast, pray, give so that others will clap you and think you're awesome, well, that's, that's not what it's about. But if you fast, pray, give as a way of honoring God and getting close to God, that's a good thing. And for you to say to, you, to the people around you that I'm fasting so they don't send you to Woolworths, that could be a really positive, <laughs> that could be a positive thing. Ken tells a story. Where's Ken? Ken tells a story of someone that, that, that he knew who did a, who's um, a man where his wife was away overseas and a man did a 40-day fast and he nearly died because he didn't tell anyone. Now, that's stupid. If you're going to fast, particularly for long periods of time, tell people that are close to you so they can keep an eye on you. Yeah? Yes? They keep an eye on you and look after you. You'll be rewarded. Number three, in a battle. Have you ever been in a battle? Ever been in a situation where people are coming against you? Have you ever been in a battle where you're looking for work or a family member's in distress or a kid's in trouble? Have you ever been in a battle? Well, in a battle, friends, that is an opportunity for you to fast. There is a horrible story in Judges chapter 20. It's R-rated, rape, murder. It's one of those stories. And it happened in the tribe of Benjamin. And because of what happened, the other Israelite tribes said to Benjamin, that's not okay. The Benjamites tried to hide it and the Israelites went to war with them. Day one, the Israelites lost. Day two, they lost. Day three, this is what they did. Then all the Israelites, the whole army went up to Bethel, and there they sat weeping before the Lord. They fasted that day until evening and presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord. 
The Lord responded, Go, for tomorrow I will give them into your hands. And they won the battle. The first two days they lost, then they fasted. They worshipped, they prayed, and they won the battle. Fast in the battle. Another example, Jehoshaphat. The Moabites and the Ammonites were coming against Jehoshaphat and his people. And what did Jehoshaphat do? He calls a fast. Let's look at it. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Eden, from the other side of the Dead Sea. Alarmed Jehoshaphat, resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. They came from every town in Judah. When we call um, four weeks of prayer for LifeGate Church, I wonder if you will come from all your towns, from your homes, to gather in huddles to pray just like these people did. What we read then is that the prophet spoke a few verses later and said, God is going to win the battle for you. And what happened, God organized another army from another place to come and take on the Moabites and the Ammonites, and Jehoshaphat didn't have to fight at all. God won the battle for him. No matter what battle that you're in, fast, believe God, and see what God will do. The final one is Queen Esther in Esther chapter 4. A bad dude named Haman wanted to wipe out the Jewish people. Um, queen Esther was the queen of the king, but it wasn't like a normal husband and wife relationship. The, the queen didn't have access to the king like husband and wives do today. She had to approach him in the throne room and the, the staff had to be pointed to her for her to be welcomed. And it was regularly not pointed and people were killed, executed. And this is what the Queen Esther says to Mordecai and the people around her, fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, day or night. I and my maids will fast as you do. After the fast, she went to the king and the king accepted her. She shared the story of Haman and the Jewish people were saved. Friends, as a result of a fast, no matter what battle you're in, have a fast. Fast. Seek God and see what God does. That's three. Number four. First one was what? Expected. Second, what was number two? Three. And four. If you want to hear from God, fast. Did you know that the uh, law of Moses, it was given three times. God gave it three times verbally first. Moses shared it. And then God wrote it with his finger during a 40 days when Mo- Moses was on the mountain. Moses came down with the tablets. He saw the golden calf and the party and the people acting in really inappropriate ways. We so threw the tablets. They smashed. He had another 40-day fast. And God gave him the law again. So he, Moses, was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. That is a supernatural thing. I do not recommend that. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the commandment, the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. God spoke the law through a fast. Another example, Daniel. Daniel reads in Daniel chapter 9 from Jeremiah, talking about it's going to be 70 years. The people are going to be in captivity. So then Daniel repents. On behalf of the people. God, I'm sorry for how we've rebelled against you. I'm sorry for our idol worship. I'm sorry for all this stuff. And this is what we read in verse 3. So I, Daniel, turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. And after that prayer, the angel Gabriel, heard of that guy before? Gabriel turns up and says, God's heard the prayer. And he is going to bring his people back into the promised land. Last one, church leaders. In Acts chapter 13, it says, While they were worshiping, worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And we read for the rest of the book of Acts, 
Paul and Barnabas going out and sharing the message of Jesus. That happened through a fast. What do you need to hear God for in your life? Is there a decision that you need to make? Is there a, is there a direction you need to go? If you need to hear God, I encourage you to fast and seek Him and expect Him to speak, for that is what He does. That's four. Number five, it's actually good for you fasting. Did you know that? It's good for you. In his book, he quotes this medical doctor named Dr. Don Corbett. And Dr. Don Corbett says this about fasting. Fasting does not only prevent sickness. If done correctly, fasting holds amazing healing benefits to those of us who suffer illness and disease. From colds and flus to heart disease, fasting is mighty key to healing the body. I didn't know that. Did anyone know that? You knew that. Wow. That's a cool thing, hey? Fasting is good for you. Six, stand against Satan's attacks. And this is where I want to spend a little bit more time before we get on the last one. Stand against Satan's attacks. In the first week of this series, we spoke about being in a spiritual battle and that the enemy is out to get us. Jesus describes Satan as the one, his job description is to steal, what is it? kill and destroy. And he looks for people who are pursuing God and he says that's a target. People who are on their way to honoring God, they're a target. People who are far from God, they're a target. God, Satan wants to pull down and friend, it's not just Satan, it's his demonic realm and we are in a spiritual battle against the work of the enemy and his demons who are opposed to the things of God. And fasting is a huge key in seeing the work of demonic spirits, of seeing the work of Satan squashed, ended, finished, for you to see breakthrough in your life. The passage I want to look at is from Luke chapter 4, where Jesus says this, full of the Holy Spirit, he left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. Now, before we um, look at this text any further, I want to go back to the chapter before it and see what has just happened. Jesus says, um, from the age of 12, he, he, he knew who he was. We have that encounter where he goes to the temple in Jerusalem and his parents walk off and they have to come back and find him. What are you doing, Jesus? Why did you treat us this way? I was in my father's house. Jesus knew who he was. And then at the age of 30... We have this incredible encounter in Matthew 3 and Luke 3 of, of Jesus' baptism. And at the baptism, there are these incredible moments that, 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 that happen in Jesus' life. First thing is this. The, the our greatest Old Testament prophet, John the Baptist, although he's in the New Testament, he's before the death and resurrection, he proclaims who he is. He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, I don't know about you, but... When you've had someone who you admire, someone who speaks a prophetic word over you and it's encouraging, do you feel encouraged? Do you feel built up? Do you still strengthen? Do you feel like, yeah, I can, I can, I, I can go another day. I can, I can take on that challenge. Well, Jesus had that, not just from any Joe Blow, from the greatest Old Testament prophet there was in John the Baptist. Why was he greatest? Because he got to see Jesus, I think, and declare who Jesus was. This one, he's going to take away the sin of the world. And then... Jesus gets baptized in water, goes under the water and comes up. And if you've been baptized in water, that is also another incredible experience. Who's been baptized in water here? 
most of the room, no doubt. And when you come out of the water, it's like this, this cleansing, this freedom, this, 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 you feel light. Would you agree? And you go, wow, that was an incredible experience. God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to keep going. Then he gets baptized, he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit comes down on him like a dove. I was baptized in the Spirit when I was about, I can't remember now, 22, 24 years of age. And it was a powerful moment in my life. When the Spirit came on me, I, my experience was, was um, singing and praying in tongues. And, and, and after the baptism of the Spirit, I had a greater desire for the Word, a greater desire to pray, a greater desire to share the message of Jesus with others. The baptism of the Spirit, if you've had that experience, that's another awesome experience. Who said that experience? You know what I'm talking about? An amazing experience. If you haven't had it, pursue it. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He did it then. He will do it now for you in Jesus' name. And then we have a voice. This is my son. Oh, we get Fernando to do it. This is my son, whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. A voice from heaven. Now, I've never had that. Has anyone had that before? An audible voice where they've heard God. Anyone? Nev? Mel, Diane, a few of his audible voice. I've had voices where God spoke within, in my spirit, but never a booming voice for other people to see. It was an extremely powerful experience. Now, we've just had the Old Testament, the greatest Old Testament prophet prophesying over his life. He's just had a baptism, a spirit baptism, then the voice of God. Now, talk about being on cloud nine. Talk about being at the greatest height of your Christian journey, all in one day, you'd be like dancing all the way home, right? You'd expect Jesus to be ready for mission. You'd, be expect, you'd expect Jesus to be ready for any attack, of the, any of the attack of the enemy. Any attack of the enemy that would come against him, you'd expect him to be ready. But the very next thing Jesus does, that day, baptism in water, baptism in spirit, voice of God, voice of the prophet, he then goes into the desert and he fasts. So that he is ready for the attack of the enemy. Boom. Do you like that? I got really excited when I, when I worked that out during the week. Fasting. It brings you close. It takes you deep. It gives you power. It gives you strength so that you can stand against the work of the enemy. When that thought comes, no, that is not of me. Go. I will not be afraid. That is not from God. I am who he says I am. For he is a good, good father. And he loves me. And he adores me. And he is with me. And Jesus fasted. And when Satan came three times, he stood his ground. Friends, in the battle, when Satan comes against you, or if Satan has got a stronghold on someone that you know, even on, your, on yourself, fast and pray and you will see that broken in Jesus' name. That's six. Number seven, and we're going to be like, we've got this much to go, really short. We're nearly there. Preparation for mission. Jesus, after baptized, baptized in the Spirit, voice from heaven, after he fasted for 40 days, he then went out for the next three years. Luke 4.18. Jesus goes to the synagogue. The next thing he does after being tempted, and he declares, here I am. I'm the one. The Spirit of the Lord's on me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, release the oppressed, and became the Lord's favor. It's there what he's about to do for the next three years. He does miracles, healings. He dies on the cross. He rises from the dead. He ascends to heaven, and one day he's going to come again 
as Matt drew so beautifully, Matt, thank you for that, the, the uh, second coming of Jesus is coming again. If you're going to step out for God, it might be a conversation with an unbeliever. It might be go to, going to India with Jackie in February. When you're stepping out, when you're going to do something for Jesus, I encourage you to fast because Jesus did it and it got him ready. Seven things this morning, seven reasons to fast. Number one, it's expected you'll be rewarded in a battle. Hear from God, good for you, stand against attacks and preparation for mission. Which one of those seven things stirs you to fast? Which one of those seven things encourages you to fast? Have a think and show me your fingers. You can do seven this time. Could do seven. How many? I know it was us, Gemma's genial. You, can, you can't do two, give me that seven fingers. You've got to choose one. Four, six. Four, three, seven. Four, four, three, four, four. What's four? Hearing from God. Four, three, four, seven. Preparation for mission, seven. Four, six. Three. Maddie, what do you got there, mate? Four. What's that? Three. That's like three and a four. <laughs> there we go. Four, three, three, six, three. Good. Good. Really good. Six, nine. Oh, that's confusing. Four and six. <laughs> that's confusing. Seven reasons to fast. Last thing I want to say really briefly is this. We uh, gave you the definition. We gave you the seven reasons. Now let's talk about the take action piece. Let's do something about it. Number one, work out the reason for your fasting. Don't just fast. Fast for a reason. Work out what it is. Number two, start by missing one meal. Don't do a 40-day fast. Don't do a three-day fast. Miss a meal. Three, drink plenty of water. And number four, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Don't do a week-long fast with no food and no water. That's stupid. Yeah, you can do a week with no food and drink water. But don't start there. Start small. Work up to it. And tell the people, the people that care, if you're going to do a long fast, tell the people around you that you're fasting because you've got to make sure that you're safe and you're well. Imagine if we took this message on fasting seriously. Remember? Springboard, this, 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 this fasting thing's like the rag to the bull. It gets God's attention. It's like a springboard that launches your prayers. It's like a supercharger on your car. Imagine if we grabbed a hold of this fasting. Imagine what it would do to us. Imagine what it would do to your life and your life, Colin de Montfort. Imagine what it would do. Imagine your prayers supercharged. Imagine hearing from God, closeness to God, seeing breakthroughs. Imagine the change it would make in your life, in your family's life, in this church, in this community. Let's be people who add fasting to our Christian lives. In Jesus' name, let's stand. Sammy, can we be a good, good father? Unless you need something else. And I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what you're doing, all that you've done in this place. Father, we thank you for this message on fasting and that you would speak to us, remind us of this, and that we would take it seriously. When you fast, the Bible says, when you fast, that we will be people who add fasting to our daily lives in Jesus' name. Amen. And Michelle just said to me, thank you, my wife, um, that she didn't send me to Woolworths. No, she did. Um, Michelle just said to me that some people shouldn't fast for medical reasons. 
So if you've got medical stuff, talk to your doctor first. That's wise. Thank you, Michelle.